And we're back. Here we are again. This is another episode of This Is A Review. Uh, it's as been a spell. It's been a spell. Uh, for you, it's been a spell especially. Ben, uh, as always, I'm joined by ours. Usually always, I'm joined by Ben. Not as, as much lately. We've been very busy. And as always, I'm your host, Scott. Hello there. Um, yeah, we've both been very busy lately. The holidays, the Christmas and Thanksgiving. And I was in Vegas. And now it's the new year. And it's just been a rattling off of things but we've still been seeing movies for the most part um and hey it's the end of it's now 2020 and we figured let's start our first episode off of the year with looking back at 2019 so this episode we're going to talk about our favorite movies of 2019 the worst movies we saw of 2019 and everything in between so um i think we're actually going to do something different this year and we're going to start off by talking about our like some of the worst movies we saw. We're going to kind of work from bad to good to great. Um, and yeah, well maybe we'll talk a little bit about some TV that we didn't get to talk about yet. So yeah, we'll talk about everything 2019. Uh, retrospective, if you yeah. will, of this last... We'll put a bow on it, folks. We'll put yeah. a bow on it. Um, I, I was talking to Alex last week about uh, potentially doing a best of the decade. 2010 to 2020. I, I, that'd be a lot of fun. That's not tonight. I'm just saying yeah. that's something maybe in the cards for the future. That's evergreen. So. Yeah. So um, to start off, uh, you wrote down a few movies that just did not do it for you at all here. Um, <laughs> uh, so first yeah. off, we have, we're going to start off with the first one on the list, Replicas, which Woo! that was our first review of the year, actually. So this is a good way to start of 2019. Um, exactly one year ago. Time is a flat circle. <laughs> and Replicas is the movie that famously completely broke you because, like, I kind of liked it. <laughs> but it is terrible. I got it's, mad in the car on the ride on the ride home. I was like, like physically upset. I, and like, I was trolling a little bit by like, <laughs> like playing devil's advocate a little too hard and like trying to like. <laughs> Oh, this is actually good. This like, is, really selling it. Some gleeful bear poking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, like, the CGI, this is apparently, like, a 40 or, like, $60 million movie, which, like, for reference. <laughs> You're going to say a 40-year-old movie. <laughs> oh, it's plotted like one and acted like one. Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves and, like, his only misfire of the year, but it's, like, such an epic. It's not even really his fault. Like, some of the script is really bad and, like, yeah. This is clearly not a, like, obviously Keanu Reeves, Reeves is best utilized when he's with good to great filmmakers and, sure. like, someone who's really got, like, a really good idea. Um, ergo, John Wick, the first Matrix movie, like, where you play to his strengths and, sure. like, really kind of utilize him. Him as, like, a bereaved scientist <laughs> – is not this like, is classic bad Keanu. Yes, this is this like is back asking, with like <laughs> this is just asking too much. Like it is, I'm not shitting <laughs> on Keanu when I'm saying that he does not have the range to effectively like make this dramatically interesting. And I, I have the to script say, does not help. The filmmaking does not help I'm, at all. I'm happy that in this last year you've reflected and finally can admit that he doesn't have the rage for this because this is exactly what I was arguing when we first reviewed this movie. <laughs> is that like Keanu just doesn't have any range unless he's doing something very specific. Yeah. And it's true. He is a very specific kind of actor. If you utilize him the right way, he's great. Um, but he's not going to bring anything to the table himself. 
<laughs> you have to get it out of him. A, like, a lot like Phoenix. somebody else we'll talk about later, uh, Adam Sandler as well. Very similar type performer where Indeed. It, it can be great, but it's like he's not going to add anything. He's not going to help your movie be good if it's bad. <laughs> like, he's just going to make it worse. Um, yeah, Replicas, definitely if you're looking for like it, – it's one, it is one of those movies that is like fun to watch. Because if you like if you like bad movies, yeah, and it's like, really fucking wonky, and like yeah. there's a lot of like rewatchability. Like like look, take a look at this shit. Well, it's like the entirety of season two of Westworld condensed into one bad movie. Oh, and uh, yeah, there you go. Um, so next on our list, we literally have the first three movies we saw this year, uh, which were probably some <laughs> of the worst movies that came out, which were they, Glass, oh. which of course is the Unbreakable. Uh, split sequel. sequel? Um, oh my which fucking god! I don't even want to like. I can't even mentally think about that movie again. Like my head's gonna shatter like oh, glass. That movie is so abysmal. Like M Night Shyamalan cannot block or shoot action like at all. Like he is inept at making. Just the whole movie is like so. The like, dialogue is so goofy. The way it's shot is so goofy. Like the pacing and like blocking and staging of the action sequences right. and the editing of it is are fucking terrible. Like if you're looking like the gap between M night Shyamalan action, even mediocre, like TV action all the way up to say like John wick three level sure. action. His is so bottom of the goddamn barrel. It hurts. Yeah. Like I was so front, like he, like, I don't know if it's on purpose. Like, he thinks he's being edgy or not, but, like... He's always... Okay, so oh M. Night Shyamalan... My God. M. Night Shyamalan, I think, is trying to do something, and he's not... He's, like, he's trying to be campy, but it's, like, failing... You know what I mean? Like, he does do that with a lot of his movies. A lot of his movies do have this, like, built-in campy B-movie feeling to him. Yeah. But then they're, like, overly dramatic, so it doesn't feel like he knows it's a joke. I think he does like i think uh what was the one with the old folks uh uh the visits the visit yeah i think the visit was the one where i'm like i think he might be self-aware but i can't tell but it's like he for some reason like leans too much into making a dramatic movie so if it's like if it's satire it's bad because it doesn't come across you know what i mean yeah um not and And, then just like the the well the plotting the acting i mean like everything about it is just like and I'm Terrible. someone who like loves Unbreakable. Like I like will say like I don't have the you know decide, yeah I'll shit on Shyamalan now, but like that's not to say he hasn't still made good movies. Sure. And, like when he is on, he's like definitely really interesting. Yeah. And Unbreakable is like kind of like a perfect like lightning in the bottle little movie. So the fact sure. like that this exists to make my appreciation of this movie fucking hurt. It's not fun. It's yeah. not a good time. Um, you also have Serenity on the list, which uh, you, nobody remembers what that movie is. It was starring <laughs> Matthew McConaughey, who was sleepwalking through a movie. What turns out, it was actually a computer simulator. <laughs> remember that twist? You're like, oh yeah, there was a whole twist that like, there's like this the- whole movie is like his his like, like son who has is like on the spectrum, like made Grand Theft Auto for like this fishing island. <laughs> Like, but instead of killing people and stealing cars, Matthew McConaughey, like, 
lives this sad life and like fucks the local bartender and like fishes on a boat. <laughs> like, it sucks. And Anne Hathaway is like this. Oh, I forgot she was in that. Um, yeah. Jason Clark is like oh my god the evil rich guy Jason like Clark cartoon is, character like he's new so husband. Evil. <laughs> oh man. That, okay, that is a movie. Ooh. I will say that is like the room level bad. It is, yeah. it's, uh, that is, I put that in the same category as replicas of like, absolutely watch it because you will not believe what you're watching. It's mind boggling. Um, it really is. So, um, <laughs> in that same kind of, I would say this is less category of like, this isn't so bad. It's good. This is just bad. Uh, cold pursuit was next on your list. Yeah. We, we both just were, came out of the movie. We were like, well, fuck that. Like yeah, Liam Neeson, thumbs down. Um, you didn't see Brightburn, Did you? The James no, Gunn super that I was didn't. that would be one for me that I wouldn't say it's like the worst of the worst, but it's pretty bad. It takes a pretty good idea, and I love James Gunn, and I think mm. he wrote the script and he produced it. Yeah, um, and it's got uh, Roy from The Office is the dad, and I actually thought he was really good in the movie, uh, but it turns into too much of a typical kind of slasher horror movie to really kind of catch your attention so it's definitely mm. forgettable and i wouldn't recommend it. that's unfortunate um we also had so this is probably the most controversial one on the list we have is midsummer because uh, that was a pretty universally critically beloved movie uh yeah ari aster right the guy that yep. did um uh, hereditary. hereditary which yeah. we both loved uh yeah neither one of us connected with midsummer at all um i, I you know you could listen to our review, obviously, for all these movies. But, um, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things that just didn't click with me. It wasn't – it didn't feel tense. It wasn't – it didn't accomplish anything it was trying to for me. Yeah, no, I agree. And, like, the the story is, like, bare bones for, you know, it's a two-and-a-half-hour-long movie. And it really ends up just being, like, it's a cult. And you, you know exactly what's going to happen within the first like 10 minutes. Yeah. We've seen this story like yeah. so many times that it really does not outside of like what are genuinely like Ari Aster is still visually a very interesting director. And there's definitely some very effective bits in this movie. Yeah. Like it's not gutter trash by any, like, no. but for what we were expecting from the guy who did hereditary and like it's, it's where this could have gone good atmosphere to a certain degree yeah. and like there's is good filmmaking but yeah i think it's not enough to make a good movie it's a misfire it's, still for sure yeah um but it still is one that i you know as much as i disliked it i still probably would watch it again i would give it a second chance yeah and, and just because i like that director and i thought there was something there i for me i probably wouldn't put it on my own worst of the year list yeah i mean but like, it's in, it's floating in the weird for sure yeah it's in that weird sphere of yeah. like you know it's still fresh probably but like a six but like you were hoping like whereas hereditary is probably like an eight or a nine yeah you know um so another one you didn't see that i would put on the rotten list dark phoenix Ooh. Uh, a lot of people forgot that movie even existed for good reason. Uh, it's the fourth X-Men movie in that trilogy of... Uh, the semi I don't even the, know the what... The post-X-Men first class which squeeboot. It's really like the 10th or something or 8th or something. I don't know anymore. Yeah, because like, it's, it's... up there. They made a lot of X-Men well, movies. The first X-Men movie came out in 2000. Yeah. 
And it, this is still technically in the continuity of that franchise yeah. to a degree because of the time travel. Well, they're stuff all and they're shit. all continuity, yeah, yeah. Um, but just of the reintroducing the new actors, yeah. I mean, starting first, with like this, it was the sixties, seventies, eighties, and first now nineties. Was like twenty eleven. Yeah, yeah. So, but every is, every movie they've done this stupid decade thing, or it's like now it's the seventies. Yeah. Now it's the eighties, and this one was the nineties. Yep. I think. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which they all, all the actors look the same. <laughs> and uh, suppo- so I was listening to somebody talk about this in another review. They said that Michael Fassbender, Magneto, he's supposed to be like 60 or something. Yeah, he's supposed to be quite old. Because by the time you get, if it's the 90s. He's a Holocaust survivor. But the, well, that, but then the, yes. But then the, mo- oh my God, yes. But then the so movie. That just precludes that he. But like the, the. The movie, the original X-Men movies came out in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, which means that, like, this last movie should butt up perfectly with the last one. And, like, all of them look like the same exact age as they've done. for the, And it's like, all of a sudden, they jump 40 years older, like, in, in five years. Like, You're all the way old. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's absurd. <laughs> Uh, and just a bad movie. I mean, they already did the Dark Phoenix story, kind of in other X Men movies, and they're just kind of repeating the whole thing's bad. Not even worth talking about. And Shite. then, um, it chapter two, another just disappointing, boring shit, dude. Boring, like that, bad movie. Just it was so tedious and just such a letdown from like again, like we both sure enjoy it. It's pretty good, and we I thought, love the first day. Yeah, like the we, the, the first. Knew it. Yeah. We were big fans of that movie. <laughs> Bill Skarsgård like, is great as that character. Yeah, it's really well done and kind of like a fun, like, classic, like, haunted house movie done, like, really, 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 really well. Feels like a classic Spielberg kind of Yeah, like movie. an Amblin horror with a little yeah. more edge to it. That Stranger Things kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And this was just meh. It was... Boring. And we wanted to love it. We weren't expecting to love it, like with the cast. Like we love James you know, McAvoy. Maybe that's part of the problem is we go in with higher expectations. Yeah. But, um, Let down nonetheless. Yeah. And you know, I'd say another one to put on this. List, we'll kind of round out our bad list. Would say The Lion King. That was a bad movie. Yeah, it, it was a bad, boring movie. At the end of the day, it just made me want to watch the, the original, original one. Exactly. And I was like, the original is really great. So let's get away from the worst movies this year and we're not quite to our best of we're slowly working yeah. we're massaging you into it but uh these are our honorable mentions these are movies that almost made the cut not quite yeah. uh movies that we really enjoyed really liked whatever the case um so the first one i have on my list is one that i think you have on your top 10 list it is john wick chapter three parabellum Word. Um, so since it is on your top 10, I'm not going to talk about it too much. I'll let you expound on it later. But uh, it's just a movie I really liked, and it just didn't quite make that. There's so many great movies. This has been a good year, uh, 2019. Mm-hmm. So um, it almost made the cut. It, it unfortunately was on the cutting room floor. Um, for you, right off the bat, you have one of one that did make it into my top 10 as well, so we're kind of spoiling each other's list here. Uh, we've got Knives Out, uh, which... Yeah, so tell me about Knives Out. Uh, I really liked Knives Out a good deal. Um, I just think it just misses, and like this, this was probably you know if you were to ask me in like a couple weeks, like to expound on like this list more and maybe revise it, maybe Knives Out is number ten. Yeah, like in drafts of this, Knives Out was in my top ten, like bottom 
10. Really liked it, but we did have some plotting issues as far as like them showing their hand and kind of how things are structured. Yeah. As well as like some of the, like the unnecessary delves into like mega and like stuff talk. like that yeah. to where this could have just been this really fun, you know, which, but it still undoubtedly is a really well crafted, like, yeah, great ensemble thriller. Um, but just for me, just had enough issues to where I couldn't put it in that top 10 space, but it's yeah. certainly right there and still was a great time of the movies. Sure. You no, know, it was good seeing totally. a, a classic fun slasher and yeah. Um, our next, we have two that are actually on each other's, uh, honorable mention lists. Uh, one of which was us. Yeah. Uh, which once again, I mean like most of these we're just going to kind of mention cause it's like, they're really great. Just didn't quite make the list. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Uh, us. Yeah. It's a great movie. Uh, it's not quite as good as Get Out, which is what everyone says. I don't think it should be judged solely on that merit. Uh, but it's hard not to. There are a lot of similar thematic things with them. Uh, and they're, it's the follow-up movie. And there's, there's horror movie. Yeah. There's a lot of similar things. So, uh, yeah, it definitely is good. I watched it a few times in theaters. Just didn't quite make the list. Um, and then the other one was Spider-Man Far From Home. Perfectly expe- acceptable Spider-Man movie. It's a great – I actually really like it. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, some great little set pieces. Yeah. Cool character work with Peter Parker. Yeah. And like in the fallout post end game, like they did a really good job of like, all right, like kind of easing us into this. It was still like a fun, like Marvel movie, like turning the wheels in a fun, in it like a interesting yeah. way. But you know, Tom Holland's great. Yeah. Um, the, and they the added chemistry. some new elements in that'll Jake make Jake Gyllenhaal it. was yeah. a lot of fun. A lot of the craft, like it was really great to see John Watts is a great comedy and like he nails that stuff. But he kind of branched out, I think, visually here and, like, did really a fine job handling some of the special effects. And, like, it really all came together. I think I might like this a little bit better than Homecoming. That I don't know. They're pretty equal for me. I think Homecoming I like better because there's a, it's a little bit better of a character story, whereas this mm. one, there's a little bit... It does turn into a little bit too much of a flashy explosion fest, you know, at the end. That's Though, for, you know, also for good reason. It fits into like the character and everything. So mm-hmm. yeah, overall really good. Yeah. Um. Uh. Next one is uh, you saw the Irishman. I did not. Yep. Um. Irishman. If it would have been a half hour, <laughs> even shorter, um, probably would have been great. Even yeah. if it were like Wolf of Wall Street length, like Scorsese can work in that that long length and still rule. Yeah. And some of the de aging stuff for me was a little wonky. Uh, Pesci and Pacino are great, but like with De Niro, it's not. Not seamless. Not seamless. And they, actually, I saw a video. They uh, Some guy did it with, like, a free app better than, like, they did. Classic. It looked more natural. And, yeah. Uh, it's just a little too long. But, like, when it hits, it hits. Didn't quite make the list. Still very, very good. Worth your time. Probably in, like, three or four stretches. I watched it all at once. It was a bad time. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I, yeah, I just skipped it. I might watch it eventually. Probably won't, if I'm being honest with you. There's yeah. too many other movies to watch, and I've already kind of moved on in my head. So we'll see. That's fair. Uh, the last one I'll mention is one that barely didn't make the cut for my top ten. Uh, it's kind of a weird movie that a lot of people didn't see or like. It was the new Harmony Korine movie, The Beach Bum. Uh, I have never seen any of his other movies. I've never seen Spring Breakers. Uh, but this singular movie I really enjoyed. I hate a lot of parts of it but i really love other parts of it i think it sends a really weirdly mixed message but i'm not going to it for the message because i don't think harmony corinne knows what the message is either um but matthew mcconaughey as this like weird like drug-addled like poet who's just wandering from vignette to vignette uh it's a really fun time 
and it's it's a fun movie. I'd recommend it to anyone that it isn't looking for like a too serious of a, like a, a story movie. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. more of just like a day in the life of this weird guy, um, and wackiness ensues, as they say. Interesting. Um, so, any last honorable mentions for you? Um, let's see here. Uh, Queen and Slim. Um, oh yeah, that was really well done in a lot of ways. Some of the plotting um got a little like. I mean, kind of run around for me. Um, but like the craft behind it was really good visually, like sure. the place. and like, obviously the things he grapples with, it's like a really gripping, you know, effective, like, you know, runaway thriller with like, obviously a very like contemporary angle. And it nails a lot of that. Um, one of your favorite guys, uh, um, Shea Wiggum, not Shea Wiggum. <laughs> um, uh, Bokeem, Oh, um, Bokeem Woodbine. Woodbine from, from uh, Fargo, Fargo is has a prominent role, and he also, is fantastic in it. Yeah, really, really like. Okay, maybe sneaky best supporting act. I really, really. He's like, awesome. He ruled in that role. Uh, if you don't know who we're talking about, he's Mike Milligan on Fargo. That's the way he talks, and also he's the guy that takes over for Shocker in Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yeah, so, there you go. Uh, he's. It's a terrible role for him, but he's a great actor. Uh, and he's got a great name. Bo Keen Woodbine. It's yeah. a great name. He kicks ass. Uh, yeah, he's an interesting he's guy. He's in that. Great. Yeah, um, does a great job. So we're going to move on to our top tens of the year. We're going to start at the bottom, and we're going to work our way to the top. So number ten is being the uh, you know top of the – you know, you get it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, just a little asterisk. There are – I, you know, we saw – I saw 44 movies this year. I, you saw a similar amount. Yeah. About prob- the same. Yeah. Um, We've seen a lot. There's a few I missed, and you missed as well. Uh, yes. Personally, here's a few that I did not see. I would like to see, and it's like maybe they might have ended up on the top ten or honorable mentions or even more stuff. Who knows? For sure. um, so for me, I've got The Farewell. That's a big one. I've mm. heard lots of people talk about that, A24. Uh, Marriage Story, which is on Netflix right now. Uh, looks great. Um, 1917. Which yeah, is, that would definitely. It's a big one for you too. I that arguably could be my number one. You don't I, know. I yeah, I just haven't seen because you love that kind of movie, yeah, and it's supposed to be like right the best alley. thing since Pri- uh, Saving Private Ryan. I've yeah. heard so. Yeah, so that's a great asterisk for both of us. Uh, looks great. Uh, Under the Silver Lake, which is one that a lot of people didn't see. I uh, actually own it. Haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Bombshell, which I've heard very mixed things on. I did want to see it though. And then I've also got uh, It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, the yeah. Mr. Rogers movie, and Dolomite is My Name with Eddie Murphy, which I really wanted to watch. Um, did you have any others you wanted to throw on there? Uh, that No, that sounds about right. I would add Waves, the um, yeah, the new the Trey Edward Schultz movie, the guy who did It Comes at Night. Um, apparently it's supposed oh, to be okay. really tremendous, kind of like a Euphoria-esque like, like a drama. Yeah, like, like a, a suburban human, okay. yeah, suburban drama. It's like set in South Florida with an like African American family and like a tragedy ensues and apparently it's really like virtuosic and cool and like uses music in like a lot of cool ways and cool. the story takes a, a very interesting turn. Good performances. Uh yeah, that was one I was looking forward to. It just it's kind of snuck in and out of theaters and I didn't have a chance to snag it, but as soon as it's available, I'll probably that would be top check it out. List. A good rental. Yeah. Um, well, fantastic. Well, okay. So those, that's our asterisk. That's our worst. What we really, honorable mentions didn't quite make the list. And then things we didn't get the chance to see. Obviously there are many other movies we didn't see outside of those movies, but those are ones might've made the list. So, 
Uh, we'll start start here at ten. Um, so number ten. Ooh, Ben, you have a you have a tie for number ten. That's, I have a tie. You're cheating. A comedy tie. I felt felt like for for ten, the two that's fair best comedies I think of the year, and like one of them is like a fairly consistent top tenner. I think. Um, I have a tie between Booksmart and Good Boys. Okay. So essentially, this year's like super baddian comedies for boys and girls at different times yeah at different got, phases in their lives yeah coming of age raunch comedies they both were really a lot of fun you know they were their belly laughs in both um strong performances book smart i don't see where the controversy is to be an honest you know like some like you know just it's a great human story um you know like that handles like what it handles like really well and what's the controversy there was a controversy about like them um like uh, the airline like censored oh they like removed a gay gay kiss from the movie like i don't know why the airline did that in the first place like i like because in the handling of this movie it's not like it's like this raunchy like they're homophobic exactly Uh. (laughs) so yeah Uh. no it was really well done i enjoyed it a lot like it it does a lot of the same super bad stuff where it's like a group of like yeah beanie feldstein i think is jonah hill's sister just outright and she's like the female seth and like it handles that movie like really really well and yeah I forgot to mention Booksmart in my honorable mentions. Not in the maybe it's 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 got to be in my list. Maybe I just like my mind skipped over it. I I liked Booksmart. I definitely liked it more than Good Boys. Good Boys did not do it for me. Uh, I'm on record of saying that. Yeah. Um, but it seems like if you it seems like based on what you're saying that you'd probably give that to number ten, and that Good Boys would be kind of more of an honorable mention. But it seems for like sure. they're pretty. Pretty yeah. close for you. Yeah, okay. exactly. They're so, like, you know, I think I, I'd probably give the edge to Booksmart just like outright. Yeah. Um, but like just because I kind of treat them like companion pieces. The, yeah. They, it, they were honestly, very funny comedies, and like there are a lot of comedies this year that just like were poorly made and sure. were not funny. So that the fact that these were like reasonably well made still and still raunchy and funny, um, I liked a lot. Fantastic. Yeah. So for me, for number 10, I had Knives Out. So we're already talking about that. Um, in fact, it was on your honorable mentions. It's my number 10. You know, not too far off. It it's almost made it off the list. Uh, but I really had a fun time with Knives Out. And, you know, I had some issues with the plotting. But overall, I think it really came together in a nice way. And the performances are just so much fun. And it's, it's just a fun movie to watch. Uh, I really look forward to watching that again. It's, you know, Daniel Craig is amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a real, real joy. Um, so that was my number 10 going to your number nine. Now we're going to ping pong back. It looks like you've got once upon a time in Hollywood. Yes. Interesting. It's also in my top 10. Um, it's a Tarantino movie. So it's naturally, a lot of it is amazing. Yeah. Um, like legendary level, Brad Pitt career best, you know, like he gives one of the best performances of the year. He plays himself better than ever before. Yeah. <laughs> And, like, the love letter to this era as handled by Tarantino, like, this recreation of this time by someone who just, like, adores this time in Hollywood and, like, is going to do it a lot of justice is just kind of magnificent. Like, the music, kind of just, like, the snapshot of a time that he is able to capture and... The fucking ending. Ending is amazing. <laughs> um, it's so insane. Oh man. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. Uh, this movie is around the same spot on my list. It's only one higher. So 
it is a great movie and i actually think it's it is probably one of his better movies overall like just the craft and everything but like it is missing a little bit of that story edge which i think is why it's lower on both of our lists Mm -hmm. um so for number nine, for me, I had Avengers Endgame, which I know is higher on your list as well. Uh, and I loved Avengers Endgame. I think it's a great movie, but it does have its own flaws. Uh, I think any time travel movie is inherently going to have flaws that uh, physically can't be explained because that's the nature of time travel. It's a paradox. It, that's why it doesn't exist. So it's impossible to really tell a time travel story without that. I mean, like, What's that movie? That ne- there's like a Netflix movie that's like super boring. That's about uh, time travel. I forget what it's called, but um, similar. Yeah, that one's probably logically, you know, sound. But most fun movies are not. Uh, that being said, Avengers Endgame is a perfect end cap to what they have been building for the last ten years. It's amazing to see all this stuff come together. And uh, yeah, I mean, you're not going to see a ton of. Uh, movies like this on my top 10 because like I try to award those to movies that really you know on their own merits do all this and Avengers Endgame obviously is standing on the merit of a lot of other movies too but in its own right it's just so well done so yeah uh so hopping back to you over at number eight we got one we've mentioned so far we've got John Wick 3 for Ben at number eight it what just, else needs to be said? It just kicks so much ass. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Um, just the way in which it kind of is this great, like, homage to, like, Hong Kong, like, action cinema. And yeah. this cool new, like, this American, like, gore. And just the way Keanu is just embodied this character like i think they've kind of like ratcheted up this felt like the perfect meld of john wick one and john wick two like totally have this world expansion but this one felt like it was taking the baton from john wick number one and just being this like incredible piece of action cinema with like a lot of really cool like style and there's a lot of like long take action sequences like every and like just the, the choreography in John Wick 3 is outstanding. Like, it deserves an Academy Award for, like, choreography and oh, just, yeah. like, how they plotted everything. The dogs, amazing. Oh, yeah, the, the um, dog sequences, just, like, the level of what they were able to accomplish. The knife-throwing fight is fucking insane. Like, yeah, it, yeah it, it, it just rocks. It just rocks so fucking hard, and it's just, it's great cinema. Like, for me, like, that's, like, the pure, like, you know, it's like kinetic power of cinema, like yeah. Mad Max Fury Road type movie. Where yeah, it's like, boom. it's it's like for me, it's honestly probably Mad Max Fury Road number one, this number two for yeah. like act, just pure action movies. It's yeah. definitely like top tier. Um, yeah, it, like I said, it didn't make it on my list. It very well could have. Um, now for me, number eight, we're not gonna. I'm not gonna double down on talking about it. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I love that movie. Uh, performances are great. Everything you said, I echo 100%. So, uh, I'll talk about my number seven movie, which is also on your list, which is Joker. Now, Joker, I know a lot of people, it's like a love or hate movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a movie that I almost went, I did go into with a chip on my shoulder. I said that in the review. I went in wanting to not like it because there's been so much annoying press about it and what it is or isn't. It's just so much. 
But if you just take the movie out of all the context and just look at it as a movie, it's a really well done movie. And I'm really sick of people just being like, and I've done this too, of people just being like, oh, it's just Taxi Driver. It's just this. It's like, yeah, but like how many movies that people love are just X, Y, or Z that have already been made? It's such a common thing to just have a movie that's really well executed and to like be an homage to a different movie. And this movie takes that movie, Taxi Driver and King of Comedy, and it not only really well executes a similar type movie, but it also finds a good way to connect it into a Batman story based on a comic book. You know what I mean? So it was a really deftly handled uh, way to do that. And I thought that, uh, yeah, I think, I think it deserves a lot of credit for that. And I, I'm stoked to watch it again next week when it comes out on Blu-ray. So um, that's my piece on Joker, which will take us to your number seven. Uh, you had The Art of Self-Defense, which is also on my list. Um, tell me about The Art of Self-Defense. Um, it's So imagine Fight Club and Napoleon, Napoleon Dynamite. Dynamite. <laughs> and you mix in a little bit of actual like effective commentary on like toxic masculinity and violence way more so than real fight club correct yeah like this is a better version of fight club than fight club it's like not trying to be an edgelord it's actually just like it's called subtext everyone subtext yes well and Um, it's rooted in it's rooted in a grim reality mm -hmm. and it's still like a weird feeling movie but like yeah it's 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 grounded and it's not taking joy in what the characters are doing, like Fight Club does. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. This, it's a lot more this is way more like Spike Jones than David Fincher. Yeah. I, a friend of mine at work, uh, Michael G, uh, if you're listening to this, you get credit for this thought. Um, he likened it a lot to uh, uh, the guy that did The Lobster, uh, Yorgos. Yorgos Lathamos. Yes. Yeah. And he, he liked the movie, but he was kind of saying like he thought it was like a subpar version of that. Uh, and I, <laughs> I haven't rewatched it, but I do agree that there is a certain element of like this weird that those there's a if you like those movies, you would probably also enjoy the art of self defense because there's a similar weird kind of like it's reality, but there's something off about it. Yeah, it's kind of. I like, was just gonna say that like Wes o- Anderson almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like an just an inherent off kilteredness to the entire deal. It's like you just have to allow for. Yeah, um, yeah, I. I love that movie as well. Uh, that was my number one movie for a long time after I saw it until I started seeing a bunch of other really good shit. But it's still, I love that movie. Um, and I'll mention it again. Um, so that was Ben's number seven, The Art of Self-Defense. Uh, for me, at number six, now we've we've somehow switched back. Uh, I'm, I'm going with one that was also, for a long time, was my number one movie of the year, uh, Rocket Man. Now, Rocket Man, I love this movie. I think it is outstanding. I think it is one of the best musicals to come out on film in a very long time. Um, just as far as like really being a fun movie to watch, I can't tell you how many times I've watched it like five times this year since it's come out. Like, I really have a fun time with this. Uh, one of the things I've seen it so many times that's kind of made it drop down a little bit more and more. There are some elements that I find a little corny. Or just like some of the performances aren't up to snuff. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard being one of them, I think she's rewatching it. Especially like the other night, I was like cringing at some of her line raids, and like her British accent is like so 
phony sounding. Like it's too much. Right. Yeah. Reggie, come <laughs> on for some dinner. Yeah, like it's just it's it's like a your body dinner's pie. already in the bin. Yeah, your dinner's in the bin. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. 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 So uh, that really, but like the musical numbers, Taron Egerton, um, uh, uh, Richard Madden also is kind of this like horrible villain in the movie, and and Jamie Bell. All amazing yeah. performances, Oscar-worthy performances. So, yeah, amazing movie. Um, so, for number six, for Ben, you had one that I've already mentioned, uh, Avengers Endgame. Avengers Endgame. Um, for me, it was incredible. Like, going there, seeing it opening night, like, seeing it at midnight, kind of seeing this huge culmination, the, the way that they capped such this monumental feat that just, like, industrially has not even been able to be successfully launched, let alone like taken this far a full decade. Yeah. And then you bring it all together in like this massive finale and it works for the most part. And it's just like this rapturous, like, but still like, it's still interesting. Like the first hour and a half is essentially just like the Avengers, like kind of in despair, like trying to work out, like saving the world as like a hail Mary. Like, and you're with them on, like, an emotionally, like, re- like really relational, effective level with a lot of them. Like, you feel, like, this joy, like, and this sadness. And, like, when, spoilers, if, I mean, it's the biggest movie of all time. When Tony Stark dies, you feel, like, this gut punch. And, like, when Black Widow dies, you feel this gut punch. And you f- you're so with there, like, yeah. the fact that they were just d- able to put a bow on such a thing in the way that they did was fucking tremendous. And I was like a little kid in the theater, like cheering, like yeah. when Captain gets Mjolnir. That's like fucking iconic. That's, it was just so incredible. Like that rush yeah. and like the way that they were able to like tie up so many things in such a like crazy, cool, great ride through everything that they've ever done and have it still work. It's just, it's nuts. It's totally. Um, and I agree with everything you said, uh, bringing us to number five, for me, was The Art of Self-Defense. Uh, another movie, like I mentioned, that was number one for me for a long time. Uh, the other four movies on my list are just so damn good that they had to beat it. But it is an amazing movie, one of my favorites of the year. Uh, we've talked about it a bit, so I'm not going to repeat myself, uh, which will bring us to another one we are going to be repeating later for Ben at number five. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about I will expand more about this later. Uh, the Lighthouse. Yes. Uh, tell us about the lighthouse, Ben. Tell, tell us a little bit about the lighthouse, because I'll I'll expand on this a little more later. So I basically here's my summation, my thesis on the light on the lighthouse. And if this sounds awesome to you, that is why you will love and why I love the lighthouse. Sure. It is a Melville Hemingway Cronenberg LSD fueled menage a trois. Yeah. And if that sounds like a good time at the movies for you. You will fucking adore it. Yeah, and I'll we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Um, I don't want to like step on your toes or anything, That's but fine. I'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, you'll see why. Um, number four for me. So now we're getting into the top, top of the top here. It's cream of the crop. Uh, this is one that you have not had a chance to see yet. Uh, Parasites, which I also did not do a review on on the show. So this is one that is new for you to hear about me talking about. Uh, I really love this movie. Uh, this is by Bong Joon-ho, who did Snowpiercer and Okja. 
I did not like Oakja. I love Snowpiercer. So there's kind of your 50-50 with me. Um, this is definitely his best movie so far. It is a very well-crafted film. It is more of a grounded story as well. There's no like crazy CGI effects like in these other movies. Um, but uh, what you've got here is essentially... Uh, this is all a uh, Korean language movie. It's all in. Uh, it's all spoken in that language. So it's all subtitles. So I'm sorry, guys. This is, you got to read a little bit if you watch this one. Um, but what you've got here is this very poor family who are living in the slums, and they're like living in this like basement world where everyone's living under these stairs, and like they have a house, but there's water leaking in everywhere, and it's almost post-apocalyptic the way they play it. And one by one, they slowly integrate themselves into this rich family's home as different subservient roles and finding how, oh, I, I know a guy that's a driver. And then they basically find a way to fuck over the driver that's currently working there. Now my dad is the one driving for this house and they just take over this house. It is great. Um, and a lot of people love this movie. The thing that, and I won't spoil it for Ben or anyone listening to this, um, the reason that it's not higher on my list, I know this is number one or two for a lot of people, is uh, around the end of the second act and most of the third act revolves around uh, interesting pivot. I don't even want to call it a twist. It is a twist in what you're watching, but then it kind of pivots in a direction that I don't necessarily love, hmm. but I do really like it. And I want to watch it again. And I think I, the pivot might work for me more on a rewatch. Um, it, it reminded me of a movie I really liked that I don't remember what country it's from. Possibly Norwegian. It was called Borgman. Uh, mm -hmm. Which is about like a homeless vagrant that like finds himself into this rich family's home and kind of takes over. Uh, very similar stories. Borgman had a different take that i was expecting that's maybe why i was a little bit disappointed here uh but yeah parasite amazing which will rocket us back over to ben and number four you had jojo rabbits loved it yeah loved it love it like take away tg he's a perfect director right now so far yeah, just between this which is this it takes like the like humanity and like kind of just like perfect like graceful touch of like a schindler's list or something like that as far as like handling like drama its subject matter and, yeah. and like holocaust drama but is still such a gamble with like the satire and goofiness of like having cartoon hitler in the movie cartoon and, taika watiti yeah or it's just real him justice hitler but it's not actually a cartoon but like you i know what you mean yeah uh, and, just to, to clarify. Oh, of course. <laughs> and because this is my number three, this is my net. This is number three for me. It's like I fucking love Jojo Rabbit. It's, it's your number four. It's my number three. Just so incredibly well helmed. Yeah. And it's so like delicate it's and like the sweet. performances are astounding. Yes. And this it's, is career best for Scarlett Johansson. Hundred for me. Hundred yeah. percent. Like this is her best role. I think I've never been as captivated by her ever. And like she's great in a lot of other performances, yeah. but like. This is like there's something going on under the surface. The subtext of her character is incredible. And like you really have to like read a lot into what her journey is. And like it, yeah. the, the little boy is amazing. It's I a mean, movie like, that's literally carried by child actors, but still has tremendous performances. Sam Rockwell, Sam Rockwell is oh, great. And he, he's a, he's like kind of a joke for most of the movie, but then he has a really yeah. kind of dramatic turn as the movie kind of Not dissimilar to and, a... a t um, 
uh, Ebbing, Missouri. Sure. He's a, sure. It's cut yeah. from the same cloth. It's very Absolutely. similar type performance. Absolutely. And it, but it's so moving. It's just like a movie that like is every single ball it's trying to juggle. It juggles like borderline flawlessly for, yeah for me this and, is equally pretty much tied with the, my number two movie uh they're very different movies for me i won't say what two is yet but the, the two and three spot are very fluid for me yeah um i would agree with with like four and three on my list it's 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 yeah it's the it's the cream of the crop this you is, have to watch this movie yeah really you do it's an important movie to watch as a good message um, I've just mentioned that that's also my three. So obviously I'm not going to mention Jojo rabbit again. We just talked about it. Uh, but you, at number two, you had Joker. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I just skipped one. I'm so sorry. I've just ruined the whole You're game fine. here. You're fine. Uh, for number three, you have uncut gems. Yeah. Uh, tell us about uncut gems. Uncut gems is just as perfect. Cause this is my number two. So we're kind of, we can just perfect. talk about them at the same time. Perfect. Uncut gems is fucking tremendous. It's, just in a lot of the same, like, kind of borrowing from what we we're talking about with um, with John Wick three, yeah, of, like being a movie that can be like a thrill ride, like just as an action and entertainment, plus with this like amazing performance by Adam Sandler, like in a lot of ways, like kind of bleeding into my number two. That's actually a decent parallel. Joker, yeah, for best actor, best performance of the entire year. For me, it's Joaquin Phoenix and Adam Sandler. And Adam Sandler, dude, this well, is piggybacking on what you're saying, like Uncut Gems, and you, we just put this review out, but you weren't a part of that. I mean, it it is such a tour de force performance by Adam Sandler, where he transcends who Adam Sandler is, and he is a different person. Which is honestly, it's rare for somebody that is so iconic like mm. Adam. I mean, Adam Sandler is in our zeitgeist so much that it's hard to see him as such a different character. This is a real performance and it's something that a lot of actors can't get around being so iconic and then playing a character like this. Cause you just see them as Brad Pitt or whoever, you know what I mean? Like Brad Pitt can't do, I, I haven't seen Brad Pitt do this. No. And Brad Pitt is a much better actor than Adam Sandler for the most part. But like, yeah, this is just, he's playing a character that's not Adam Sandler and it, you forget that it's him. Like some of the like reviews, like where they're like, this is like God level or like mythologically good. Like it's not hyperbole. Honestly. One of the few non hyperbole like, reviews of the year. This yeah. is a massive, just incredible performance and good for the Sandman. Like, yeah, he needs it. And the fact that he was able to like, so like just ceremoniously pull it off, like just the story and like the crazy kind of like, in and out blend of like fictional reality, like just like the right the way in which they handle like real events, like it's set in 2012. Like oh, yeah. Kevin Grant or Kevin Garnett, Kevin, Garnett, Kevin yeah. Garnett, yeah, is amazing. Kevin Garnett's um, awesome. The weekend, the weekend has a nice little, it. There's yeah, a cool, yeah. like it meanders a bit, sure. Like the For middle, a little kinda, bit, maybe like 10 minutes. Yeah, it's a short but then when it, once it picks up, like the, the final act is yeah. like literally like cinematic high wire level stuff, like sure. The first time you saw like, The Dark Knight Rises, right? No, I I was elated watching this movie. I was on the edge of my seat from start incredible. to finish. It, great performance movie. Everyone in it is amazing. The guy from Succession is great. Um, yeah. Uh, we, we talked a lot about Joker. That's your number two as well. Um, do you have anything else you want to add on Joker? Yeah. I mean, like this kind of touching on like the points you made. Like, yeah, the, the Scorsese and it wears... 
the Scorsese and, and Kubrickian influence on it on its sleeve. Yeah, duh. Like that. The movie's not like shy about that. Like no, it's not like it's like Ooh, this isn't they, a subtle. They got, they got me. This isn't a subtle movie. Like I, I agree with you folks, but like at the end of the day. Like we were talking, I was alluding to, it is an absolutely massive performance from Joaquin Phoenix. And it yeah. is like this captivating, like at times very disturbing, at times very uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, but that is the point. Like the way it's shot and the perspective of that which it takes. And like, yeah, the, some of the flawed, the script admittedly isn't that great, but like, it's also kind of common knowledge that they were making a lot of this like on the fly. Yeah. And a lot of this is very, imp- you know, they basically let Joaquin have free reign. So a lot of it was just pointing the camera at him and like him, like really just kind of taking over, exploring and yeah. taking over. And it is a performance movie to be sure, but the cinematography is pro- arguably the best of the year. The score is arguably the best of the year. I would say I would agree that the cinematography is the the best of the year for Joker. Some of the compositions it's really are just it's simple, wowzer. but it's really well done. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and like you said, like the fact that it's able, like a lot of the Batman shit is arguably the worst, and like what we know now at the time of this recording, it's come out that like apparently there was like a <laughs> Joker was gonna ending. cap Batman at the end or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, that would have been better. <laughs> I would honestly, I'd be down for it. At least we did like, at least that would have been a recreation of like an origin story. We've seen over and over. It would have been a nice point is like a twist parody. on that. Yeah. That'd be really kind of bold and like more in line with like the anarchic nature of the movie. Like, I mean this having like, it's an alternate look on a character. Why stop there? Yeah, it was, it was and having Gary glitter play over him <laughs> when he's like strutting down the stairs like becoming the Joker for the first time. Yeah. Is it an accident guys? Like yeah, it's supposed purpose. to be antagonistic. It's supposed to be it's supposed to make you of, feel weird. Yeah. Like that was point. a deft move on their part to do that. And like, um, if you just write this movie off as some like incel, like empowering shit movie, lazy, like, that's lazy. It's you're not, it's just an excuse to not be able, not actually intellectually like confronting, like what the movie's actually trying to say. And like, actually putting forward as far as like mental illness and like some of the societal, like I know it's parody to say, you know, we live in a society and stuff, but it's not like the, the issues that this movie deals with and shows the consequence of aren't fucking real. So get over it. Uh, yeah, I agree. And on that note, they'll bring us to number one, number one, number one. So for me, number one is a movie you've already mentioned. The lighthouse. I fucking love The Lighthouse. I don't have to really talk about it that much. It's a great movie. It's a perfect movie for me, sickos like me that love David Cronenberg. Um, yeah, it is Hemingway and Cronenberg had a baby. It's amazing. It's Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe just driving each other crazy for two hours, basically. And it's awesome. Like, um, the performances are great. The way it's shot is unsettling and like really weird. It's got this very kubrick-esque feel to it a lot of comparisons you could draw to like uh the shining and stuff just Mm -hmm. about going mad but just also like even like 2001 and stuff just like the way it's shot and how it's so surreal and weird and like you don't know what's real and what's fake and you don't know 
who's telling the truth. Like Willem Dafoe is amazing in this movie, but so is Robert Pattinson. And mm-hmm. like, they're both hiding secrets from each other. Why'd you have to spill your beans? Why'd right. You have to spill your beans. Uh, so, and there's like a weird supernatural element. That's very light, but it, it reminded me of like the best movies of like the late seventies, early eighties. Uh, it feels like it was like lost in that time and like found in a time capsule. And somebody was like, Oh, let's just put this out here. You know what I mean? Like, it really it feels like a amazing relic of a different time, but like in the best way possible. Um, it's like Edgar Allan Poe too. This yeah, it's like, it's like, like the Telltale like Heart, the Raven, like, like all that. Yeah. Like, honestly, like it, do, it has it's that like feel gothic to it. horror to it. Yeah, where... The gothic, yeah. The, the 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 feeling is so specific and and palpable. The yeah. whole movie and it just really. And it's funny. It's a funny movie. It's the best. Some of the best gross out comedy of yeah. the whole year is yeah. in this movie. There's a lot of fucking fu- like intentionally. I mean, you you saw a, an interview with like director Robert Eggers. He's like, yeah, like no, like it's supposed to be. We were supposed yeah. to be. We we're trying to be a little gross out funny and have that be an element of the movie. And it's hilarious. It's like a, it's yeah. <laughs> um, so that's number one for me. Uh, you know, we're wrapping it up here a little bit. So number one for Ben, what do you got for number one? Rocket man. Rocket man. Yeah. I mean, I got nothing else to say about it. Take it away. Rocket Band's perfectly paced. It's a whole hell of a lot of fun. It's, it's a tremendous musical. It's really like boldly shot the editing. It's everything that Bohemian Rhapsody is not. It's not. Yeah. It's a well-crafted, interestingly told, nuancedly acted, more bombastic, more thrilling, more like edge of your seat, like popcorn entertainment. Like they were trying to do in Bohemian Rhapsody. Totally. And it's this, and it's it's fucking great. And Terry Edmondson's amazing. Elton John's music, I just think, is it's very bit, iconic. Yeah, and it's maybe a shade better than Queen. So like it it drives the story more for, for me. Something and, like this, yes. Yeah, it's better for a movie than Queen, unfortunately. Yeah. Queen, it's arguably probably better music, but like it's so specific. I don't know. Elton John's a lot more catchy and. Yeah. Easy to jive with. Yeah. He's very like, he's an entertainer. He's a showman. So like he brings like this just undeniable, like, like zest to this movie. And yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great. I loved seeing it in a theater and we just rewatched it recently. And we did capture my heart just the same. And yeah, it's a quick, it's quick rewatch. I'm Um, soft for a great, great tremendous musical it's like la la land for me i really really love la la land i'm with you i love this right here i think it's the same caliber i love a good musical so there you have it there's our top 10 of 2019 uh it's been a banner year for movies it's been an even better year for television um i don't want to like redo all of our reviews for this year but i just have to like quickly bang out the fact that like this year alone we had the boys succession we had The Mandalorian on Disney, which just recently we finished. I actually really dug that. It's like, ex- I I'm still have not seen the new Star Wars movie and don't care to. But this Mandalorian show is pretty damn fun. It's a little light in the story department. I mean, very, very light in the sense that there's very little happening. But, like, every episode feels like a Akira Kurosawa vignette that they've just, like, took and put Star Wars in. So, great stuff like that. Um, we also had, uh, what I'm missing... Watchmen. The wa- oh my god, the best of the year. Watchmen. Absolutely incredible. It's another one we haven't done on the show yet. Uh, I think that is better than 
probably every movie on the list I just said, just about. Like, as a whole, the show The Watchmen on HBO. Episode 8 alone is <sighs> arguably better than any movie that came out this year. So, yeah, this whole, uh, if you don't have HBO, gotta get into it, because, yeah. like, that's great. I haven't watched The Witcher yet. I have been wanting, you watched that. It's okay. it was pretty good, yeah. Um, not top tiers as other stuff. Succession mm-hmm. is absolutely incredible. We already did a review. Fuck off, right? Um, so, yeah, I cannot wait. I'm more excited for The Boys Season 2 than I am for literally anything next year, in movie-wise. Like, it's like I, that in Tenet. Tenet, yeah, I'm stoked for Tenet. Um, so, yeah, it's been a great year for entertainment in general. I've had a lot of good stuff. Um, I think we have gone on long enough, so we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. So thank you for listening to us for the last almost hour here. Um, hope you learned something about our favorite movies that you didn't already know from listening to all of our reviews this year. And I have, as always, absolutely no idea what we're reviewing next week. So, on that note, as always, I am your host, Scott. And, of course, I'm joined by... I'm Ben. And thank you for joining us on this journey. Have yourself a wonderful morning or night or lunch or whatever time of day you're listening to this. And have a happy 2020. 